Rava. Embrace the chaos. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for episode number five of Drinks with Dads, presented by Rava. Today, we've got another of Joe's conversations queued up for you. This time, he sits down with Kevin Garcia, a sales professional in the CPG space. Kevin is the proud father of a little girl named Lennon, and he and his wife are also expecting number two early next year. Joe and Kevin cover a lot of ground in this episode, from the realities of fertility treatment to the challenges of finding success as a dad, both at home and in a corporate environment. As always, we hope you find something meaningful to take away. And thanks again for joining us. How's it going? Uh, Joe from Rapa here with another episode of Drinks with Dads, here with one of my really good friends from college. Uh, we go way back, uh, father of one. Uh, here to talk a little bit about being a dad. Uh, Kev, what are, you, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking the lovely Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Ice, no ice? Uh, ice, two ice cubes. Any splash of water or just, just nope. Ice? Just let it melt down and they'll do the rest. Love it. That's great. Um, let's start. Like, tell us just who you are, where you are, a little bit of background on on Kevin Garcia. Sure, I'll keep this uh with the Zoom. We only have 40 minutes, so I'll keep this at 38 minutes. But uh <laughs> Kevin Garcia, known Jones since college, studied abroad together, and uh currently work in CPG, so consumer packaged goods. Been with the same company now for shoot, almost nine years, and I've been in the industry almost 11 or 12, and uh, absolutely love it. I'm in sales, and uh, it's definitely fun. I would say it's changing a lot within the last couple of years with COVID, but wouldn't change it for the world. And uh, proud dad of one, Lennon Charlotte Garcia, and then uh, my lovely wife, Lisa, uh, we met in Charlotte, and uh, that's why my daughter's middle name is Charlotte. And uh, I literally told Joe right before this that we are expecting hopefully baby number two in February. So big stuff coming up. Congratulations. I might have Mike cut that out. Just I don't know if that's how you want anyone else in your life to find out. Oh, no, we we've we've told uh, all the close family and stuff and uh, uh We'll probably we're tomorrow. It's pretty exciting. Tomorrow we find out sex of the baby, or we're doing the blood test for it, and then uh, in the next couple of days we'll do some sort of cake or something and uh, do the gender reveal. So nice. it'll be known pretty soon. I'd like to be there for that uh, because we live forty five minutes away from each other. <laughs> um, do you? Okay, so as a dad, you have a daughter. Do you have a preference? Um, I think originally I always thought boy, like, I feel like a lot of dads will want a boy, but Lennon is just like life of the party and she could wear her little Minnie Mouse hat and dress. And then it was pretty cool. A couple of weeks ago, she was in my garage, probably not the best thing to say, uh, that's recorded. She was just holding an air ratchet, just having a ball and doing that <laughs> for like 10 minutes supervised by two adults. But, uh, I think it's just, you know, she's taken on the interest of Lisa, my wife, and then myself. And I think originally it was boy, but now it's just like, it's awesome just seeing her grow. And, you know, with baby number two now down the road, you know, I think we were, I was hoping for maybe boy, but now it's like, shoot, Lennon's so awesome. It's like, you have all these girl clothes that are sitting in the garage and stuff. It's like, I'm totally okay if it's a girl. 
Yeah, we're not care. Just want healthy. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, with Cal, it's you know we're bringing everything back out from Leo. We didn't have to buy anything. We're just going back to the well. But it's interesting because when Leo was Cal's age, it was cold. So most of the clothes that we have for three to six months are all long sleeve. <laughs> but it's so even hot think here in that. DC. Shoot. Yeah, so we're having to actually supplement because you know it's a completely different timing. I'll tell Lisa that. I don't think she'll be very cognizant of that, but we'll figure it out. Oh, it's funny too. You go back and see what you actually have. We we also put a bunch of toys away and now we're getting toys back out as if they're new. So Leo's finding a lot of love for them and Cal's obviously experiencing them for the first time. Uh, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about, okay, this time finding out, you know, you guys were, you are expecting number two and you know, is that the same when you found out about Lenin? Just tell me a little bit about how, like, the emotions, what your thoughts were, when you found out, how you found out. Yeah, um, I think the first time, I had to think about it for a little bit. Because um, for Lisa and I, we did have to go through uh, some infertility stuff. And uh, it was always just, you know, can we even have baby? Mm. And that was always kind of on our minds. And then was just within the first couple of weeks or months started going through that together. And uh, then, you know, Lisa became pregnant with Lennon. And I think when we found out, it was more so like, we need to double check this. Like, we need to go <laughs> to the doctor and make sure that this is actually happening. And then I think after that, like, it was obviously happiness, but it's like, all right, shoot. Like, we want to make sure that everything is is going to work out and just keep going to all the doctor's appointments. So I feel like that was more like, I don't know, nerve wracking. And yeah. now with uh, baby number two on the way, like that one. I remember like very easily I was coming home from a work trip and this was only a couple of weeks ago or like a month ago. And, um, I was downstairs in the kitchen. Lisa was upstairs and she said, Kevin come upstairs. And then I'm going upstairs and Lenny had something in her hand and I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I saw her shirt and it said big sister on it. Oh my gosh. And that was just the most awesome moment in the world because we thought we were going to have to go through all the infertility stuff again. So the fact that we were just so blessed just to be able to not even have to go through that again and circumvent it and Lisa to capture that moment too on camera was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, she got you good. She like planned it. That That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Props, and she props knew to Lisa. For, yeah, she knew for a couple of days and she's like, it was so tough not to tell you, um, but I wanted you to be here for it. So that was pretty awesome. She had to have Amazon primed that shirt, got a two-day delivery to prep for it. Yeah, and it's it's so funny. Like we buy so much crap on Amazon. Like we have we have the same account. I never even noticed it. <laughs> and then after the fact I checked, I'm like, God, like I'm never gonna check Amazon purchases because who knows what else the hell she's gonna buy. And and I actually have an agreement that I don't actually really go into the Amazon at all. If I need anything, <laughs> I just send it to her. And she said, cool. And it just shows up. That works out. It's it's her safe space. She can do whatever she wants in it. I don't I don't really care too much. No, we're just pretty much if we need it, Amazon done. That's it. There's no thought process. That's great. Well, congratulations. Excited for you. Um, obviously we love love Lenny as well. Can you talk a little bit about I, you know, I actually have had some conversations with more friends recently about the infertility. Um, I know a couple of people that have been trying for months and months and months. I know others that have tried on and off. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your experience? I think just so other dads can hear, you know, how 
how you went through it, how you approached it, and you got to a positive outcome, right? You've got, you know, Lenny and then one on the way. How did how did you go through it? How did you handle it? Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, months and months. I've I've known people that it's been years and years and years. Yeah. And yeah. it's so much more common, you know, Lisa's in a bunch of different mom groups and you know, not trying to have one, it's you would not be it wouldn't be something that you would just know you'd be like, oh, infertility is probably lower within women, but it's much higher than you think. And I think with Lisa and I, you know, one of her really close friends was going through the same thing. One of my close work friends was going through the same thing. And it's like, gosh, we don't know this lover happened. And if it doesn't, that's totally fine. Um, but if it does, we're just going to do whatever we have to do to, to try to make it work. So, I think it was just scary a little bit because we both wanted to have one and uh, it's just, you don't know. Um, And I think really fortunately for us, um, we tried naturally first and then that wasn't working so that we didn't go through an infertility clinic. And I think it was within like two to three months, which to me was like, wow, that was way shorter than I ever thought it would, um, would ever be that that was just amazing. We just felt so lucky. so it was definitely just nerve wracking, but I think just learning more, not just Lisa, but myself and being along the process with her just made us both feel more comfortable. It's like, you know, we're doing everything we can. There's nothing else we can do. It's kind of in the hands of the doctors now. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And it's yep. tough to like say that, you know, like that easily now, but it really is true. It's just like one day it was just, it just clicks. Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah, I I think the entire process, even of going through the nine ten months of having a baby, whatever is going to happen, it's it's really just completely out of your control, and you just go to every single appointment, holding your breath, uh, hoping that people just say everything's great, everything's fine, everything's normal, every, and it's like that is the most the biggest sigh of relief. It's the most rewarding thing just to hear those things. Because to your point, it just it's such an unknown process and you never know. So I think extending the infertility stuff even further out than that, there's even more question marks with it because I think that, you know, each person is different, each scenario is different. That yep. it's hard, it's hard to piece it all together. Well, good for you guys to navigate that. I think again, I hope other dads listening to this can find some solace in saying, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, we hope. Um you know, maybe not always, but you know, in your, in your situation there was. So. Yeah. I think like the biggest takeaway for me is just be active. I mean, there's so much emotions going on, you know, especially with Lisa, it's just like, we're both trying for the same end goal just to, to be able to, to have a baby. And, um, you know, some of the things will fly over your head. I don't remember half of the medical terms. I remember I was giving her shots in the stomach and I don't even remember what the heck they were, but it's like, just to be there and be president, like you were there to support them. That's the most important thing. Yep. I love that. And that's a lot of what Rava is about is, is helping dads be present and engaged in there because it's better for your partner, it's better for your kids. So I love, I love to hear that. How would you say, are you guys prepping differently now? Do you think you'll prep differently now for number two than you did for Lenny? Uh, I don't know if it's different. I feel like we're more prepared. Um, just with like, you have everything from baby number one, which was Lennon. And now it's just, you're trying to figure out as a boy or girl, and we'll know in a couple of weeks, which is awesome. Um, I think it's just, everyone says the, 
the two on one is so much easier. And then once it's the one on one, like I don't think mentally we're we know it's going to be tough, but I don't think we're going to know until it actually happens. Um, you want me to drop Cal off this coming weekend so you guys can just take care of him for the weekend and then so just kind of get a, a sense of it? You can take the dogs and I say it's a fair trade. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that too. I'm okay with that. Do they let you sleep all night? Oh, yeah. The, my dogs are, they're, Joe knows, they're pretty barky once they see someone new, but at night they're just like one of our dogs is a mini Australian shepherd and she's like double the size and she is just like a lump in the carpet and she doesn't move for 10 hours. So I'll take that. I just want one full uninterrupted night of sleep. So I'll take the dogs. I'll take oh, Lenny. You'd be fine. I'll take Lenny. Just you, Lisa. I know you kind of need Lenny for, for the experiment. Yeah, the, so. two, the, the two on two, but we'll figure it out. Love it. Talk, let's talk a little bit about gear and preparation um, leading up to it or when you and Lisa were going through it the first time with Lennon, how did you go about getting the stuff that you needed? Was it joint? Did you lead a lot? Did she lead a lot? What, what was that process like? She definitely led it. Um, I think with, you know, I'm a big car person and Lisa's obviously very aware that I'm a big car person. And it's like, I'll just make so many purchases for cars and it's like without thinking. So when it came to baby, I was just like, I do not, I don't have any excuse to be like, Oh, do we really need that? Do we not need that? It was pretty <laughs> much like add it to the list and then we'll both figure out what it is and, and when do we want to get it? Um, I think we just thought like, how do we make this, you know, like get every tool in the toolbox to make it as easy as possible, knowing that it's not going to be easy. And I think that was the one thing that made it a pretty smooth process for us. It was just like, yeah, we've heard that really help. Let's just go ahead and do it. Like the baby camera or um, the boppy. I, I think that's what it's called. I don't even remember anymore. Um, yeah. Were those from those Facebook groups that Lisa had joined? Is that other people that already had kids? When you say like people, you, where where did you hear that from? I feel like it was everywhere. Um, I think for Lisa specifically, she was in a lot of the, like the mom Facebook groups and stuff before then. I wasn't really a part of any of those yet. So it was kind of her taking the charge from her sister, who she's very, very close with. We have a niece and a nephew. And um, I think it was a lot of learning from them too. What did they have that worked and what did they have that didn't work? And I think we both kind of the same mindset of when we get something, we want to get something that's going to last because we always planned on having more than one, yep. um, not knowing if it would happen or not. But I think we're like, all right, do we do we pony up and get like the upper baby? Or do we get, you know, the Graco where we'll be just as fine, but it's like, let's get the one thing so we don't have to get it again. That's kind of how like my philosophy is for car stuff too. It's like, if you get it once, <laughs> hopefully you don't have to buy it again. If it's something that you know, that's quality and it's going to, it's going to last long. Cause then at the end of the day, you're saving money because you're not having to buy stuff two or three or four times. Right. I'm enjoying these parallels of raising a child and owning a car. <laughs> yeah that one uh it's tough to uh keep up on the car stuff but um when i do it's fun but now it's just like lenny's such a fun age she's almost two it's like before i'd be like oh yeah i'll do a car event on the weekend and you're gone from like four in the morning to four in the afternoon and now it's like you still want to be able to have your own things and be your own self and focus on you because when 
your kids grow up, I feel like when Lenny grows up, I want her to see like, these are the things that dad loves to do. Yeah. Um, and she will be a huge part of that, but like, I want her to see that I have my own hobbies too. Yeah. So it's definitely a hard balance to find now sometimes. Do you think she'll go with you to any car events? Is that like the intention? Yeah. Fleeso will let her, uh, my cars are definitely older. Um, they're not, uh, they're, they're safe on the road, all registered and stuff, but, uh, yeah, they, the back seat is pretty small. So, I think once she's old enough to ride in the front, which will be quite some time, she'll probably be coming with us. All right. I'll look for a picture. I'll look for a picture for one of those. I'm trying to calculate probably the number of hours that you spent with a car and then the number of hours that you spend with Lenny. And where when is that going to cross over? Um, it's going to be a while. Yeah. I, the cars had many years head start uh, ahead of Lenny, but uh, I know within the last couple of years with Lenny being her, like that's been number one. Like Lisa has been my rock my wife of just letting me do you know like my sunday morning cars and coffee but after that it's family time the rest of the day or before i even head out the door it's making sure her milk is filled the dog's water bowls are done the coffee is done like getting all that stuff done before i kind of do my fun thing for a couple hours and then i come back to the house love it does does lisa do some of the same stuff where on a saturday she'll go and do something or she she loves Lennon. Lisa is just the best mom and like Lennon is her life now. And she definitely has some of like the baby group she does stuff with and she's a teacher. Um, so during the year it gets super busy, but you know, she's super lucky in the summer and Lennon's super lucky where it's just like mom time, like 24 seven. And I definitely try to come in here and there just to make sure that Lisa gets her breaks. Cause Lennon's at that age now where she's just like, ball of energy from sun up to sundown and it's awesome to be around it's just a lot um so to maintain much. it's yeah. so much yeah and she's I'm... so fun you just you're like you want to be around her 24 7 like she is amazing and uh that doesn't make it that much easier no yesterday leo woke up at 5 30 and it was up it's like okay i'm up with you so you're up at 5 30 yeah Let's do this. And then Cal was up at six and Ann had to leave at six 30 because she was on call this weekend. So not only was I solo for half the day yesterday, but it was like an extra early day too. It's great. Yeah, that Lennon's pretty good. She, uh, she used to wake up super early, like five 36 all the time, but now she's seven to eight. Like you'll have to wake her up and you're like, all right, we got to get her day going or else like everything else gets behind essentially. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you talk about Lisa and, you know, being primary in there and teacher. And do you see, you know, from your parents, your grandparents, do you see the role of dad changing kind of in your own family and lineage with, you know, how you approach it and spend time with, um, with Lenny and Lisa, with your brother, who's got a child, you know, or how do you, how do you see the role of dad kind of come into fruition, in your in your family yeah i had to think about that one too um i feel like i don't know it's it's i don't want to say it's it's changing but you know a lot of the other dads that i know you and you know some of my friends at work or wherever it may be from college it's i feel like dads just want to be more not involved now to say that my dad or my grandparents weren't involved because they were incredibly involved but i feel like it's just it's 
I don't know, more important than it's ever been just to be, you know, present. You know, I feel like that is so closely to kind of work even now where it's like, I look at so many of the folks in CPG, my company, other companies, and they are amazing, influential leaders within companies. But, you know, they all have that same regret, you know, where, you know, during the week, they just, you know, they were doing, you know, the meetings from sunup to sundown, um, you know, trying to climb up the corporate ladder to provide for their families. So that was always still in mind, but it was tough to climb up that corporate ladder and then also be present during the week sometimes. And on the weekends, you know, they were very vocal about like, that's when you turn down the phone and you're, I, I didn't want to just kind of be, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's many people that have amazing families for the weekend ads, but I wanted to make it more of my mission to just be there during the week too. Um, of, and I've had to figure out how to maintain it. And what's that healthy lifestyle myself of, I work from home. So it makes it even tougher of an yep. excuse or not an excuse of it's all right, five o'clock hits, you know, I try to keyboard down, shut everything down. And then that's just family time. And then once Lenny is asleep, everything can come back up. But it's like, once work ends for me, there's such a, a short time <laughs> that she's back yeah. from daycare or yeah. whatever it is that I just want to spend time with her as much as I can now, because she's at an age where it's just so freaking fun. And it's just, you don't want to miss it. Cause in the beginning I felt like I was working quite a bit and other folks too, that I've talked to. And it's like, you don't want to just see stuff through, you know, like iPhone video or iMessages or Android or whatever. So that hit me pretty quickly of trying to find that balance. And I feel like that's definitely more cognizant among maybe folks our age now of just wanting to still climb up the corporate ladder, but how do you find that delicate balance? And that's super tough. Yeah. What it, I'm going to go back to that, but what would you say your average wake up time is? Uh, I'm early, uh, but I feel like you've had a lot of folks on the call too that are probably early and do crazy hours. So this is not like it's a badge of honor, but I'm probably a 4 a.m. I would say. And it's just random. Like I, I was listening to a podcast one day and uh, they're like the most successful people in the world wake up between three and four in the morning. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be three. I'm not going to be the most successful, but I'm like, if I'm on the tail end of that, I'll probably be doing pretty good. <laughs> Man, y'all are fucking crazy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. That, but well, let's let's talk down. again. Let's talk again a year from now when you've got number two. No, well, you know what? It credit, like, I don't know what we'll do for baby number two, but when Lennon came, uh, we just moved to a new state for my job. And um, since Lisa's a teacher, we're, we moved in July. To get a new school district is super tough. And Lenny was born in September. So it's like Lisa didn't want to work for two weeks and then take maternity leave. It just didn't make right. any sense. So right. I was incredibly fortunate and lucky to where Lisa stayed home the first year with Lenny. And that was like my biggest blessing because Lisa knew that I was a new job, new state, um, that that was going to be pretty challenging for me that she took it head on. And just the the late nights, you know, we definitely tried to switch it up here and there. But like during the week, she was like, I will try to do the best that I can to just handle everything at night during the week. And like looking back at it now, like that is like pretty amazing. And yeah. it's it's something that 
I was definitely appreciated of, but you think of it now and it's like, God, when I was doing it on the weekends and you're sitting next to the crib and you're like, gosh, when is she going to go to sleep? Um, she was doing that all the time. So that is something that I'll always be grateful for. You married, you married up. Let's, let's be real here. I mean, everyone knows that that's not, <laughs> I want to go back to the, the tension of career versus kids. Do you think that now dads nowadays that make that decision fall behind versus dads that invest in that? Do you see that? Um, yeah, there's there's so many different you know mentors in my life or colleagues that I have now, and they're all so different. You know, it, it's tough to answer how that really because every person is different. Um, but I look at like my mentor, um, his name was John Wadju, which worked at Sargento for like 25 years, I think. And um, he was a family man. And, you know, he could have probably um, moved up the organization if he really wanted to. Um, but he was a family man and he still had, you know, elevated position and responsibility. I think he just knew where that sweet spot was to where you can have the family life and then you can still be successful, make um, business decisions that'll move an organization, um, you know, in the right way. So I look at him and he had a great, I guess, balance to it. But then I see other folks that are killing it in their positions and they're definitely working a bunch, um, but they just, I don't know how they do it. It's like less hours of sleep. And that's almost like the philosophy I try to do a little bit. Yeah. Um, where they still have all the family time in the world and they're just putting in the hours at work. And it's not always about putting in hours because it's about quality of hours too, because yeah, you could work 30 and someone else works 40, but you got way more work done. Um, so, and then I look at some of the leaders at different companies and it's like, you know, they, they're maybe not as present during the week. Um, they're the weekend dads, um, which again, it, you're trying to provide for your family generational wealth. Like there's amazing things that can come along with that. Yeah, but I think it's a good point. It's just a balance now of how do you move up in your career with having the family life? And I did not answer your question. Cause I feel like it is tough. Um, yeah. No, I, I, you probably also can't see people on the other side of it. Right. Cool. You know, someone works, but yet they're there still for everything, right? Yep. It's it's definitely hard, I think, from an external perspective to see that, but just a good, I think, a topic for us to all keep in mind, you know, that it, how do you do both well? Um, yep. and, and it's just about being thoughtful about, I think, to your point, quality, time, both at work and with the family. It doesn't matter if you're there for the family for five hours, but if you're like on your phone or you're not, you're, you know, your mind's somewhere else, don't be there be there yeah. for the three hours that you can be there fully invested and the same with work. Um, don't, don't say you're logged on for 12 hours when you're kind of doing juggling different things, right? Like have your work time, have your, your family time and do, do both well. Yeah. I feel like the, the one person I know that does it best, it's he shuts it off for work. Like he is just super focused and then he shuts it off for family time. There's no work. Um, but that's not easy. No. It, it sure isn't. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you talk about Lisa going to Facebook groups, Lisa going to like meetups with other, with other moms. Do you have anything like that from a dad perspective at all? Or do you, do you want something like that from a dad perspective? 
I would definitely say it's something. So Lisa definitely is participating in all of the above. I think for myself, like there's been a couple of Facebook groups um, that one of my good friends when I lived in Cincinnati introduced me to, but you know, it's, it's a pretty large, um, I don't know, it's from all walks of life, which is really a good thing because then you're getting so many different perspectives, but you don't want to say you'd want something a little bit more niche or something a little bit more focused, you know, kind of corny, like the example that I'm going to give, but like, I look at, you know, like some of my friends that I've made in uh, Maryland where I live now, which I never told you earlier. So I'm telling everyone now, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of my friends were cars, you know, going to cars and coffee, working on our cars, having that like common interest. Yep. And I think brands can do that, whether it's, you know, Japanese cars, American cars, European cars, like, which is pretty awesome that certain brands can bring people together that you would never, you would never know that you would be friends with someone, but you have that commonality, which is awesome. That helps, you know, create that natural friendship. And it's something not forced, which I feel like sometimes, you know, I hear from Lisa, like some of the mom groups or whatever, like still all very helpful, but I think like the true friendships that come out of it, not just the advice and the advice is actually pretty awesome too, though, that that's where some of the friendships come from, where you have that commonality of a brand or a hobby or something else bringing you together. Yeah. More about what, yeah, I think that's such a good point. You know, when we, as we've been exploring the community stuff, it's not about, Hey, just a bunch of dads get together and talk about being dads. It's what are those commonality commonalities that people have? What are those touch points? Cool dads that love kids, dads that are obsessed with fantasy football, dads that yep. travel a lot. You know, what what are those ways to bring them together? But then it's like, hey, I also have kids. How do you deal with this? Right. Hey, maybe there is a cars with coffee meetup, cars, kids, and coffee, you know, like that all all the guys bring bring their kids to it um, as a way to you know, bring some of the community together around the interest, but also to spend time with family. Oh yeah. There's, you see it every weekend. There's people that bring their kids once a month or every week or, you know, every family is different. It works, whatever. Um, But it is pretty cool to see like younger kids get that same spark that I got from when I was little with my grandparents and my dad. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, I'm going to close with a few questions here. As Lenny turns 18 um, and, you know, she becomes a full adult, what do you look to her and give her advice for the future, knowing what you know now when she's still young? Good question. I I feel like I talk about this with Lisa all the time, which is funny. Um, I think it's do – I feel like everyone says this, but now as an adult, like, that's been working for, you know, however long, like – do what you love and just understand that whatever industry it's in, whether you're going to be, you know, VP of a marketing company, whether you're going to be a graphic designer, whether you're going to be a guitarist, whether you're going to be a pianist, whether you're going to be professional volleyball player, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like do what you love, but then also though, understand at the same time, like, I don't know, it sounds like I'm giving a, I will give her this advice of like financially of where does that put you in your life? And it's totally fine. Like you can have a still amazing quality of life, but you just have to understand, you know, whatever occupation that you do, you know, there'll be a certain salary with it, which is totally fine. But I think just that expectation going into the working world of like what job is going to land you to where you think 
um, you want your life material to be, you know, just be aware of that. You know, not everything is about materials. And I feel like I've learned that more so now in the last couple of years than ever before. It's like you could have a bajillion things, but then like, it's just piling up to be stuff. Yeah. It's about, it's like, what lifestyle do you want? Yep. You know, and choosing the, making a decision based off of that. You want to travel the world, but not make a lot of money and, but see the world. Or do you want to just make a ton of money yeah. and work a ton? Yeah. Some people want to be recognized as changing an industry. And some people just want to have an amazing life where they can say they've had experiences that not a lot of people can do. Both are very rewarding. It's just, you got to do what's rewarding to you. Yeah. Do you think you'll guide any of that for her? Say she goes down a route that you maybe don't agree with as much or you have a lot of questions around. Do you think that you nudge her in a different direction? Do you, do you go directly and tell her, Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Have you thought about, you know, she makes a decision that challenges you. Yeah. I mean, I think you want to give the guidance and it depends the level of what that path is. If it's something that's like a total 180 and you're like, Whoa, timeout, you've been building your entire life for X and now you're going for Y, like just understanding what it is. Cause there could be a very logical reason for it. You know, I wanted to go into finance, but now I'm going to go into marketing because I hated all my math classes and it just makes sense for me. It's like, sure. That makes sense. Once you talk it out, I think understanding what it is of why that change is happening rather than giving the recommendation. it almost comes to business too. It's like, why is something happening? Listening and then given the recommendation. Um, and, you know, probably if it's something pretty dire, I would make that hard decision because I've lived a long life by then. And uh, you just have more of that knowledge. And it's tough to understand when you're 18 and to actually understand it. But I know for my grandparents and my parents, looking back on it now, I'm just so much more appreciative and respectful of all the things they did for me. Yep. I love that. Uh, any question here? What advice, you know, a CPG, you know, rising star, we'll call you at a CPG firm, you know, have, have to put in the work, but also want to be a dad. Like what advice would you give other dads in the CPG space, new dads, young dads, any, any thoughts, advice that you'd give them? Yeah, I would say, you know, within CPG, people always have to eat or people always have to, they're always going to want to drink or they're always going to want X, Y, Z. And, you know, to pick a brand that you truly do believe in, um, you always need to get experience first, but I feel like getting a brand that you believe in. And, you know, I think of Sargento, like every morning I'll make Lennon eggs and cheese and I'll make Lisa eggs and cheese. And like, it's a part of my life. Like I love it. And I think within CPG, there's so many different routes you can go, whether it's sales, which I'm in supply chain, marketing, omni-channel. Um, I feel like it's endless. I think try to pinpoint where you want to go in your career first. Because um, at many different companies, you know, if you want to move up the track, I would say you kind of have to define what lane that you want to be in, whether it's marketing or sales or whatever it may be. Just to pinpoint what your passion is. It's tough when you're younger to figure it out. You always have a couple of years to kind of figure out what's your passion. But I would say, pick whatever that is and then just freaking go for it. Um, just because experience is going to be the biggest thing that any company is looking for. Um, 
And I've been very fortunate that I've been able to move four or five times, you know, multiple times within the same company for Sargento. And I think just always being open to opportunities too. You're not always going to be able to pick the sexiest place to live, whether it's, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, Cincinnati, Ohio, Columbus, wherever. I think you go to where the opportunity is. And I feel like that's the big miss for a lot of people in CPG. You go where you want to live, but you don't go where the opportunity is. Sometimes those two things don't line up perfectly. How would you then attach that to being a dad with, it may not be in the best place, maybe far away from family. Just, just do it and know that, you know, the family will be fine or. You just have to make the decision with your partner and with your family. I mean, that's, that was a big one for me moving literally when Lisa was like seven months pregnant. It's, you know, this is something that, you know, career-wise for me, I've always wanted something for our family that will put us in an even better position in a couple of years where it's short-term, it's definitely not going to be fun, but I think it's just knowing how it's going to affect your partner and the rest of your family and keeping them in a decision the entire way. Yep. Makes sense. Well, thanks, Kev. This has been awesome. Uh, congratulations again. Super stoked for you, Lisa and Lennon. Um, it's been fun. I don't think sometimes we talk about some of this stuff just when we're all hanging out. So it's kind of cool to get in a little bit deeper into the mind of Kevin Garcia. No, thanks for having me, sir. Cool, man. We'll talk soon. See ya.